Hello, James here. Welcome to the James Cast and the, the James Cast, yes, and a podcast extract, which means I've gone into one of my podcasts. In fact, the podcast with Ryan Penny and Dr. Jenna Burton, where we were talking homeopathy. And I've pulled out a couple of pieces that I really wanted to highlight. I want to give you the opportunity to listen to again without having to go and navigate your way through the larger podcast. I call it a podcast extract. Well, I was really interested in my conversation with Ryan and Jenna about how medical doctors and doctors of homeopathy interact with each other. How do they work together? How is that relationship evolving? Does it work? And how do they get past that sort of stereotype thinking that has been ingrained in people like me that, well, hold on a second, homeopathy is some of that voodoo science, when really it's very complimentary. Had this conversation with Ryan Penny and Jenna Burton. You're going to love it. Here we go. It's a podcast extract right here on the James Cast. And then when I got to Dubai, I was really keen to try and um, get training together. So doctors that were working in clinics that were keen to learn, let's all come together and have sort of a, a bit of a lunch, maybe once a month and share our knowledge. And it was totally shut down. And I think people found it unusual that I was quite keen to refer out when I felt, not even when it was something out of my specialty, if I felt they would be better suited to a different style of doctor, I had no problem with referring them. And that's just from the training that I've received. Whereas people be like, now you want to try and manage them yourself and keep everything to yourself. And it's like, that's not what's right for the patient. And ultimately that's what we're here to do. Um, and so I found it quite challenging even just here. And people will often feel threatened by other doctors that come in. Whereas my mindset is that people will naturally gravitate towards the correct position for them. And that's, mm, that's just nature. 100%. I, that is such a good Observation, and that's something that we sort of um, have experienced as well. Um, Sean, I think one of his strengths, my brother, one of his strengths is he probably refers more than anybody I know. <laughs> he honestly does. He will look at you and he'll say to you, "Listen, I can do this and that, absolutely no question." But that thing, I'm not touching. You go to so and so, and it's that sort of mindset. So there isn't the collaboration necessarily, but there's the recognition that, as I said, there's the line I draw. Um, whether that's a legal line that's been imposed, often unfairly so in my opinion, but yeah. that's what it is. Or that really is outside of my scope and something else is, somebody else is going to do a better job than me. But it's because it comes down to what you mentioned, and that is if you keep in view that the patient is the focal point, then you can have these discussions. If you go back and the issue is me and my reputation and how I'm seen, um, then the patient is a means to an end. And that's not, certainly not what we want to go ahead and do. And I think that's why Sean and I have sort of withdrawn in many respects in Dubai. I mean, we, we, we keep a pretty low profile. You know, we're, we're not out there trying to do anything other than sit across the table from a person who needs help and we're eager to want to give it. So it's refreshing to hear the sort of mindset that you have. So I, think, I think there are other people that feel the same way, though. Well, what, what gets in the way of this co more collaborative approach? I mean, it, it seems like we've gone so close to, you know, as you're talking about, they, the, the wave is there, the motivation is there. 
I know that there's a whole policy issue and policies, I mean, you know, public policy is a, is a huge conundrum globally because it does not keep up with what's going on. I think of my own country, Canada, public policy is, you know, 20, 30 years behind what's going on in any of the professions, medical through to communication, et cetera. Is, is that the, the challenge or is it, the, you know, where, where, what's the block that is not just referring, but literally having the medical doctor, the homeopathic doctor in the same place, having the same conversation at the same time? I think it depends on which region you're in. So mm -hmm. in Dubai, I don't think there's any reason why that can't occur. Sure. Uh, and as Ryan sort of alluded to before, is a lot of it is on the individual perception and also on money. You know, mm -hmm. we're in a private healthcare system, so yeah. why... Everyone needs to bill. Well, that, well, that's it. And it's like I said just a moment ago about you want to try and keep hold of your patients. You know, it's all about yeah. keeping hold of your patients. Whereas sometimes if you've got, and I mentioned it earlier, back pain, and I've given them all... I'm going up the pain chart and I'm feeling like they're now getting side effects getting really bad constipation because we've got them on regular opioids they're feeling a bit woozy um they're not quite right for surgery and you know surgery is not a, a, a quick fix they will have other problems down the line maybe there's something else out there that could um yeah. that could work for them and and you know would be much better to go to somebody like ryan and sean um, and we've not mentioned you are the wellness brothers so we should probably get that plug in there but, but likewise in a different healthcare system like the nhs homeopathy is banned as a prescription but yet yeah. it still occurs yeah. and there's a big sort of NHS insight as to why is it still occurring probably because there are elements of it that work for general practitioners but officially it's banned and you're not allowed to make the prescription really? apart from the odd thing like acupuncture <laughs> which you'll now find acupuncturists in some GP surgeries so that that would be a regulatory border yeah, and the problem because that, that's the policy issue right there so it it's a cost again it yeah. comes back to money doesn't it it's a cost implication um, I think it's a lack of understanding standing but the problem with doing something like that is also it stops and narrows the scope of gps generally because then they will think well if the regulatory bodies don't agree with it then obviously there's something not quite right with it or it's unsafe or and they don't necessarily go and ask the questions um mm. that maybe they should what i love about that part is and again i mean you, you sum it up so well but um you look at that and you say is it possibly unsafe? I love it when somebody says homeopathy is potentially unsafe because they're acknowledging it must do something. Yes. So you can't have it both ways. Right. You can't choose it's a placebo and it's unsafe. Um, pick one. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. Just love when people go that particular route because it's like, again... It legitimizes. It, it's suddenly about legitimation. If you tell me that it's going to do something that you might not want it to do, then you have to acknowledge there's something there that's doing something. Yeah which is great. Now you need the skill to be able to identify when do I use it and, and how do I use it? Yeah. And that's where the training comes in. But I think one of the biggest problems with regards homeopathy is again, um, the, the bulk of homeopathy that has um, sort of presented itself or made itself known is the classical homeopathy. And again, I'm not here to shoot down classical homeopathy. I've chosen a different path because I think that there is a better system of integration with, with good medical understanding with an idea that, you know what, there are some complex homeopathics that have been studied, maybe not to the same level as, you know, is required by an FDA or those kinds of things. But the reality is there are some homeopathics and there are some good double-blind placebo-controlled trials that indicate, you know, this thing really works. Mm. So it validates the concept and it then gives clarity for somebody like a GP who then doesn't necessarily have to have all the philosophy and all the understanding, but to say, you know what, Tromiel 
is a reasonably well-studied product, comes in a cream, comes in an, in an injectable form and in a tablet. And if I've got somebody with a low back pain or somebody with you know some sort of arthritic issue, and the study suggests that after six weeks, the efficacy is similar to the use of a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory without those potential risks, then that is something that should be considered. But again, as soon as you have policy, which ironically is usually put into place for people, as soon as policy rises above people, it's lost its reason Mm. for being there. And unfortunately, that's when you say there's something 20, 30 years behind. It's because they've usually lost focus of why did we do this in the first place? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. so, so when you when you guys would meet in the clinic, yeah, and you know you've got complimentary patients, is is it getting more complimentary the medicine, the homeopaths, and the doctors, or is there still the medical doctors, or is there still that barrier, a little bit of misunderstanding? I, from experience, I found that when I first started, it was definitely they were in two camps. So. Doctors would maybe speak ill of homeopathic doctors maybe. and potentially. <laughs> all right, it still exists in some places. And homeopathic doctors would you, speak ill on, of medical you, you doctors. You make it sound like you're like ancient. You, you, no, no, but it, it, because when it you has. First started. It's, but true, James, it has. It's been quite a recent development. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, even if even if you just look at back pain, it's only mm. been within my career that now acupuncture in the NHS has been allowed for back pain, and that yeah. is an alternative therapy. So it has been quite a recent thing, and I would now say if you meet a lot of doctors they will have their medical spiel but then they'll also have maybe this other little bracket of you know what I don't know enough about it but it's not going to do you any harm why don't you go and give it a go because ultimately clinical medicine has run out for things such as back pain a lot of anxiety um, lots of other um, lots of chronic fatigue things like this where we we just don't have it's not within our remit to be able to look after it and we don't have a magic pill that does do the blocking (laughs) or the more aggressive sort of intervention Um, And I think a lot of doctors are becoming more curious about it, definitely. And I think the whole mindset of medicine has changed generally. You think about a typical consultant years ago, and and again, it is within my career time, within within being a medical student, you would have a consultant who thought that they were, quite frankly, God. (laughs) You weren't allowed, James, don't take photographs. Oh, come on. Um, Yeah, they thought that they weren't allowed to be challenged, nurses were on the ward around to run errands and things like that fast forward to now the consultant is one of a team player the nurses are able to put their input into things as are allied health professionals such as physiotherapists dietitians speech and language therapists they're really well respected and i think now that we've got that teamwork approach I think the newer generation of doctors are more open to different ideas. And I think what Ryan's saying is that homeopathy is about supporting the body to heal itself. And there's this whole new generation of medicine that's looking at wellness generally. Mm. How can you do things yourself without taking a tablet that will allow you to remain in better physical condition? And one thing I think we should clarify whilst we're talking is when I met Ryan's brother, Sean, what astounded me is that they had done equal training to us so it's I've done a five-year degree and then obviously you go on and do all your specialties and things like that but equally Ryan and Sean have done a five-year degree in homeopathy so this isn't like a day course of somebody that goes (laughs) goes over to uh, you know have a little look at these little vials and looks at some herbs this is you know it's its own 
very unique standpoint from medicine. So, so what, Ryan, what is the kind of training? Because we'll come back to this yeah. doctor. So the, the relationship between the homeopath and the medical doctor, but also within there, it's kind of the triangle because you've got your patients, if we call them patients, absolutely, who also have gone through this whole process of growing up and visiting their pediatricians and then going through the whole course of medicine where their minds have been programmed a little bit. We've, we've been, re, it's been reinforced. Well, this is why you go to a doctor. This is what a doctor does. And there could be some skepticism uh, with, with homeopathy and other alternative medicines. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But how, so walk us through your background. How did you sure. get, how did you get, how did you get into this field and why? Okay. Before I do that, I love what you just said there. And I just want to yeah, tie yeah, that sure. together. Um, all of medicine, no matter which way you look at it, is a belief system. Mm. That's what it comes down to. You said you sort of program the mind. Yeah. All of medicine is a belief system. You either believe in this. Now you might have evidence for that, or you might not have evidence for that. So one of the things is very, very important to recognize it's the person as well. You know, uh, Jenna might be more open to that discussion than somebody else. So we'll come back to that. It's just as I say, each one of them is what do they hold to? 